You're listening to the Annuity Agents Podcast with Bill Broach and Anthony Owen, co-founders of Safe Money Radio Marketing and regular contributors to ThinkAdvisor and other industry publications. Bill is a $100-plus million annuity producer, co-founder of Annuity.com, and an internet branding and reputation expert. Anthony has helped agents and advisors across the country achieve annuity production premiums in excess of $20 million per year, and is president of Annuity Agents Alliance and Annuity Innovation Systems. Each week, Bill and Anthony update you on the annuity business with marketing, sales process, and case design strategies based on actual practice, not theory. Notes for this week's podcast can be found at annuityagentsalliance.com. This podcast is for licensed financial professional use only. everyone, well, this is David Townsend, and welcome to Annuity Agents Podcast with your co-hosts, Bill Broach and Anthony Owen. Bill, go ahead and get us started. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to our podcast. I hope wherever you are, things are safe and you're dry, and California is raining like crazy, and in the mountains it's snowing like crazy, so uh, anyway. A uh, couple of things just in uh, after we got the notes ready. The uh, <clears throat> SEC is... Security Exchange Commission is going to change the rules for advertising for brokers, uh, security license. In the past, they've never been allowed to use any endorsements or testimonials. They couldn't hand out lists of references. That is now being changed, and so you're going to see that hit hard, especially on social media, which brings up the idea of, of references and testimonials. Hopefully, everybody on this call has already been doing it. We've been allowed to do it all these years. So if you don't have your list of references to hand out, you're kind of making a mistake. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that on an actual case. But this is a, it's a great marketing opportunity to be sure to hand, hand out a list of references. It just, uh, it adds credibility, credibility to it. So if you're on the notes and you see the Mirage, uh, Anthony and I are going to talk a little bit about this. It has to do with projections and, uh, things that are done based upon guesses. Uh, one of the, one of those things has to do with life insurance projections. And, uh, you know, if I were to say to you, I think Bitcoin is going to be worth $150,000, you know, you, would you believe that? Well, the answer is probably yes or it's no. It's, but I'm just making a projection on it. And so there's lots of ways to increase projections to make them look good on paper. In the 1990s, through uh, when we had Universal Life, there was a gimmick called hyperfunding, and that hyperfunding means that that uh, when you make a deposit into a, a Universal Life product, you immediately borrow it back out, and then you take the money you borrow back out and re-add it as additional premium. So you get some extra bonus money, so on and so forth. And they tie this, uh, these, now these indexed univer universal life products are tied to the S&P 500 or whatever source they happen to be. I, I really don't know all the categories. But by borrowing against it and then getting higher rates of return, that's called leverage. And, uh, on paper, it looks just great, especially if you look back at a, at a bull market where the index has increased over a period of time. This this thing is just pure malarkey. And uh, how in the world in marketing organizations are now back, you know, pushing hyper-funding to agents is just crazy. So it's created lawsuits. Uh, 
one of the products that, that illustrates the best with hyperfunding is the Pack-A-Life product. And so brokers who are selling Pack-A-Life or marketing organizations that are pushing this hyperfunding have uh, have used that particular product. And so naturally when the lawsuits come, uh, and there's there's some uh, Rocky DeFrancesco, an old friend of ours, sent me some links on these lawsuits, and you can just see uh, Pack-A-Life's getting drug into it even well, they didn't create it. They're using their products on this. They're allowing them to illustrate it, whatever that happens to be. And the w- reason they like the uh, Pack Life product is it just illustrates the best, so they, it looks best out into the future. So you see these things, and you wonder what in the world is going on. And uh, they're just projections. They're just guesses, just like they say Bitcoin to be $150,000. Really? What's that based on? Well, it's gone up over the last year, so I guess it'll keep going up. And there's uh, sitting across from me today here, here at my uh, office is Steve Kirby from Oregon. is down visiting, and uh, not long ago he shared with me uh, projections on a, on a Northwestern Mutual contract that he sold in 1985, and what the actual results were. And the results were actually less than what Northwestern Mutual projected. So in that time they projected what they thought the future value was going to be. And look, if Northwestern Mutual can't make it and they can't cover, meet their projections that they estimated to be, you know, not many others are going to have much choices Choices to it. Now, IUL uses the stock market and indices to calculate future gains, but uh, what they estimate future gains to be based on past performance. Well, when you've had a big bull market like we've had, the future looks pretty rosy. One of the problems is borrowing against these policies. You create an interest account, and that interest has to be paid and you have what's called the cost of insurance that has to be paid. So if you have cost of insurance, expenses, uh, loan interest rates, and the policy does not gain because of however the index is calculated or because of a downturn in the economy, these things are, are dangerous. So anyway, Anthony, I'm sorry, yeah, what, how do you feel about this? Well, I mean, you know, if, if in buts, or, uh nuts, I guess we'd have a lot of uh, food to feed squirrels, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> I, I just, you know, when I look at situations like this, it reminds me of uh, something called, uh, what was it called? It was called Lost Fortunes, I think, back in the day where they were talking about taking loans out of your home equity to fund uh, annuities or life insurance based on uh, a projection that variable rates in home equity loans uh, that were tied to the LIBOR were going to stay in uh, the low single digits. And then over that same period of time uh, that they projected that, LIBOR rates went up to around 5%. And then 2008 happened and people got upside down in their homes and I can only imagine, <laughs> you know, the situation that some of these clients were put in. They're way upside down in their loan. They're stuck in a variable interest rate um, that's killing them. And then they can't fund uh, the uh, policies uh, that they expected to fund because they lost their job and then they had to use the home equity loan to uh, survive instead of pay the policy. And, uh, you know, guys, just keep it simple. 
if if you find yourself getting too creative and trying to find loopholes, I mean, this is a loophole, right? So someone got creative and figured out a way to uh, do something that the carrier never, you know, really intended. Um, you're just playing with fire. If you add a hypothetical on top of a hypothetical on top of a hypothetical, you're you're creating a disaster waiting to happen. Don't do it. Don't do it, All right? Um, and what about what about uh, our friend Andrew Manette, Anthony? Yeah, so you know, I sent out this email last week that uh, talked about uh, his return on uh, the internet leads that we use, and I intentionally left off the uh, lead names uh, from the email just because I knew, I wanted to see how many people responded to me with what leads are he using. Now, everybody that works with us knows what leads uh, we use. They know that we own annuity.com. We know that uh, we leverage that for uh, leads. And then we have some other lead partners that we work with. I mean, it's all very well publicized. But it's just interesting to watch the response and how it's based on what leads uh, is Andrew doing. How is he getting a nine-time return on investment? And I want to know what leads he's using. And completely missing the point. Everybody knows that the leads we use uh, are leads that we've all been successful with. But... Marketing is just an opportunity to demonstrate skill. The key, the, the, the point that a lot of people miss in that email is not that he got a nine time return on investment and not what leads he's using. The point is that, uh, Richard, uh, his, you know, our, our vice president of agent services that's working with him, uh, gave him our sales process and taught him our sales process. Andrew took that sales process and duplicated it. In other words, he was teachable and coachable. And then he took the marketing that we recommended and the combination of the sales process and the marketing created the result of nine-time return on investment on his leads. It's not the lead. It's the fact that he took a sales process that we know that works and followed it. And to whatever extent you follow a process that is proven is the extent to which you can achieve uh, a nine-time return on investment on leads. But, you know, that is out there. And we've seen it over and over and over again. Uh, I have so many examples of success with our marketing and just massive amounts of success. But you can't just uh, the marketing is not the solution. The marketing is the opportunity. And uh, it's always great to, one, get an unsolicited compliment about uh, our services, but also, uh, more importantly, seeing someone that takes advantage of the mentorship mm -hmm. and uh, allows themselves to, you know, receive the success that is potentially there for everybody. You know, that leads into another aspect of that, too. If you happen to be on the notes, uh, this is a story about Joe Edgeworth that's been with us for a long, long time. Uh, Joe lives in the Pennsylvania area, and uh, uh, we talk as uh, one of those guys that we have a great uh, telephone friendship, talk uh, every week or two about stuff. And he had uh, 
he'd been uh, a grinder guy, and what I mean by that, he would be appointments, he'd get in front of people, talk to them, work it out, do fact finders, sort out the ones that, you know, our products made sense and so on. So it worked well when COVID hit. And he basically, his business basically stopped. And so he called me kind of in desperation one day and said, how in the world do I do this? And I knew we had this bright star in Texas named Roy Snar, who was one of these I'll do anything, I'll try anything sort of guy. And he wrote a $5 million policy a year or so ago. So he really understands it. And he multi-markets all the time. So I introduced Joe to Roy and they started talking, and Roy started teaching Joe, uh, and a big attaboy to Roy. I, he he took the, went out of his way uh, to 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 help, and that and that kind of exemplifies the way this company's been since David and Anthony and I started it. Is we all share everything. That's kind of the basis of open mic when you think about it. Anyway, he taught him how to do this stuff, uh, showed him how to do it, how he was doing it, some ways to get around the face-to-face issue, and 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 uh, Joe adapted to it. He said, you know, I'm going to do it. And so he started basing his sales process really around the telephone. And Joe sent me uh, sent me this uh, uh, email through on the notes where he, how he worked this lead, he did, he did it on the phone uh, and ended up making a $400,000 sale. And it was, if you're on the notes, you can see the lead. And it's uh it's got the person's name, it's got their email, it's got a phone number, and it's got a zip code. And so these are the kind of leads we're generating off of our site. We've had tons of success with these leads by agents all around the country. These are organic leads. We don't get a lot of them, but we are expanding that to try and maximize our lead count on it. And it offers a safe mini book. Now, the question you have to ask yourself if you're looking at this, why are these leads so sparse? The reason is because this gives the agent the opportunity to call that lead and say, I have your book ready, I just don't have your address, and uh, I'd like to get this in the mail to it. Oh, by the way, since I have you on the phone, but was there anything special you would like like to, you want, what, anything special you're looking for? If you're on the notes, you can see the form they fill out. It's got the Save Money book, and it's about, and we also refer to registering for a newsletter. The newsletter is our retired village drip. So on and so forth. So if you look at down under that, Joe, the lead arrives. He calls them. He sends them the <clears throat> talks to them about the book they they uh, requested. He uh, he sends them a little int- gets a little bit of information on the fact finder. He mails the book. He includes his list of references, and he's got 55 names on his references. He tells tells the prospect what website he uses. Joe only uses Retire Village. Uh, so on and so forth. Well, then he tracks. Uh, Retired Village has a tracking tool, so you can see who comes on that site every every day. And so he waited a couple of days, and here came the lead on it. So when he saw the lead coming, and a couple of days later, he called the guy back. Hey, any other information I can get for you? So on and so forth. And that led to a fact finder. Found out the guy had uh, what money he had, what his goals were, so on and so forth. Joe sent him the Kiplinger article. There's a number of good Kipling articles, by the way, and this is a thing about better than bonds, fixed index. This book, uh, this article actually, amazingly, was written by a guy that's with us for years and years uh, named David Braun, who lives in Southern California, and then decided to get in the securities business. So it's really strange finding an article on Kiplinger from a guy we knew real well, and so on and so forth. And uh, so then he said he found this article. It's interesting. It's interesting. 
so on and so forth, sends it to him. Joe call, rings for a time to call back. They do the full fact, the fact finder, and Joe offers to meet. The guy calls him back, says, I'm ready to buy. He shows up to write 320 and writes 400000 So there is a way to retool. And so an old dog, our friend Joe Edgeworth, has retooled. And he told me a couple of nights ago when he called me that he said, I think I'm going to keep my business more like this than what it has been because it's more efficient. I'm better at it. I have a system, uh, how he mails out all all the little information to him, and it's just a nice mechanical follow-up to him and uh, so on and so forth. So he claimed, he, he credits this, uh, credits Roy above all for helping him. But when he gets down to the process, the Safe Money book, uh, at Roy, Retire Village, uh, his only website and the drip that comes with it, the contracts, contractual guarantees and annuities have, and Joe has adapted to change. And so if he can do it, I can do it. And if I can do it, you can do it. So it's just a simple, simple way of, of doing it. A great success story. And he has about uh, seven or eight of these leads that he's working on. Uh, Anthony is in charge of these, the lead distribution on this. So we get, uh, you know, two or three a day right now. We're going to try and get that number up even higher beginning next month. And uh, he'll work with you <clears throat> in your area if you have, have leads available. Anthony? Yeah, all about a process. Um, you know, I'm going to do some name dropping here, but just remember, uh, I know Warren Buffett's name, but he has no idea who I am. So <laughs> it's not a feather in my cap. But, you know, the first time I heard uh, someone say 80% of all managed funds are outperformed by the S&P 500 was when I was in a meeting uh, with Warren Buffett and a bunch of other executives at the insurance company I used to work at. And uh, I didn't have uh, the guts to ask any follow-up questions uh, whenever Buffett said something at that time. Uh, and I was a back row attender on top of that as well. But um, that always stuck with me. And for, you know, that's been 20 years, and I've been trying to find where is that information? How do we know uh, and where is that information uh, kept on what managed, how much, you know, the S&P 500 outperforms managed funds? And I was watching a YouTube video uh, recently, and I saw a slight glimpse of the S&P 500 website where they have a link that shows, and they keep track of, it's called the SPIVA Statistical Report, where they keep track of the performance of managed funds against index funds. And so I created some links in here for you. Not only that, not only do they track it against the S&P 500, but they track it against a whole bunch of other indexes. And uh, finally, I can numerically see the confirmation of what Buffett told me over 20 years ago, is that the S&P 500 uh, beats almost all managed funds. Uh, and some indexes beat managed funds based on a percentage point of 90% or more. So um, that is some really good information. Now, I got an email right after I sent this out that said, you know, does that mean that 
we're supposed to be recommending that people invest in the S&P 500 indexes on our annuities. No, absolutely not. The, the point is that if you're paying a management fee uh, to have your money managed and your advisor is not putting you in index funds, which you could probably do on your own anyway, um, you're probably paying a fee for no reason because the S&P 500 would most likely provide you a better return over time. You know, and then the other point is that even with the funds that do beat the S&P 500 for, say, a year or two years or three years, that doesn't mean that they're going to beat the S&P 500 in year four or five. So when we're looking at these statistics, um, the funds that are beating the S&P 500 are moving in and out of those statistics. So the problem is even worse than the statistics indicate. Uh, because uh, we're not tracking this on a fund-by-fund -fund basis. We're just tracking all the funds together and whether they beat the S&P 500. So the 80% number is uh, probably understated uh, in this case. Uh, so something very interesting, you know, it's a simple link. You could provide the client, you know, the client says something like, you know, well, I have a fund manager and he does really well for me and, you know, my, my funds are actively managed. Someone's actually looking at them. Uh, well, it turns out people that look at funds don't uh, necessarily know what they're looking at. And they charge you a fee for uh, having you underperform uh, the general market. So uh, really good resource there. Obviously, you've got to be careful giving investment advice if you don't have a, if you don't have a securities license. So be careful how you use this but a good resource uh, to look at. Uh, do you want me to do product updates, Bill? Or yeah, 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 nice as well. No, no, go ahead. Um, very interesting. So we just had the internal uh, revenue codes change on life insurance that lowered the minimum interest rate assumptions on calculating premium limits. So uh, at this time, uh, based on these new regulations, this is going to allow you to increase the funding limits for policies uh, and s still allow them to qualify for life insurance uh, without mecking. So uh, increasing the funding, you know, like Bill said, uh, a lot of these policies are not going to perform as they're illustrated. Um, you know, there's one thing you know about an illustration. It's not accurate. It's either going to be higher or lower, probably lower. And uh, the ability to overfund the policy, especially if you're going to be uh, using – uh, strategies like pulling money out uh, in policy loans uh, and keeping the policy active is going to be very beneficial uh, to clients. So uh, we have some updates on uh, Nationwide. They've adopted the new rules for uh, the life insurance policies that we offer through them, so that's available. Back to you, Bill. Thanks, Anthony. Uh, if you're looking under uh, on industry news under David's picture. There's all sorts of things about life insurance on it, but I wanted to draw your attention to the kind of the bottom and bottom second to the bottom where you find your next client. This is how to build uh, strategies with professional advisors who would be CPAs generally. You know, this, this whole CPA project was invented in 1990 by National Life of Vermont. I actually went to uh, Montpelier to 
visit with him and to learn about this system uh, of it, right about that time, 90, 90 or 91, somewhere along there, and uh, to learn about this system. It actually really does work. It's one of those things that a lot of agents don't have the confidence to deal with a CPA on a on a one-on-one basis or to build it, but it really is worth it, especially if you're in an area where maybe a smaller area where there's maybe only one or two CPA firms. This might give you some opportunities and try and build, rebuild that, uh, build that relationship and look for referrals. One great way to get referrals from CPAs is give them referrals. They always, always remember that. And remember, CPAs are reactive people. People come to them for advice, so they're naturally considered the expert. And so you have to deal with that from an expert standpoint. So having references and credibility on, on the internet about yourself, Raise yourself to that very same level because you're just as important in the process as with the CPA doing. So it's a great little project. I uh, I really liked it. I liked learning about it from the people that created it, and I thought it was pretty pretty worthwhile. Moving on down into show more, I thought this was a massive story about the life insurance, about this rumors to get started on social media about life insurance and not paying claims based on the COVID vaccine, that's just absolutely untrue. But you see that pounding through the Internet. It just it shows you the power of social media to create this myth that if having to do with you get vac- vaccinated and you die, they're not going to pay. Or if the vaccine somehow causes your death, which when does that ever happen? Uh, anyway, I thought that was uh, pretty crazy. It's the same thing on the Internet. You read things, you can't believe it, and sometimes they are not true. Uh, on down a little bit, the 4% withdrawal rate just about right. You know, here's another, excuse me, but crap answer to uh, another way of solving this 4% thing. But it's, this stuff is published and gets out all over everything, and this is using them. Uh, Morningstar strategist with a blend of, bo- of bonds and dividend paying stocks and so on and so forth. And it's just so easy. Use an annuity and then life life gets simple. Um, the on down a little ways investment advice rule could end up back in course. That's probably going to happen uh, under the Trump administration, which uh, changed the uh, the uh, DOL rules on on definitions. Probably going to court, and it'd be interesting to see what happens. If it goes that way, then obviously the the uh, rule will be uh, held in status until something happens on it. It could be a year or two down the road. It will, as we learn more about it, I frankly haven't looked at it that deep. If we learn more about it, we'll try and get somebody on that knows more about it that can explain it to us. And with that, thank you for being on Open Mic and our new podcast. And uh, this is recorded. If some, any of you would like to have a recording on it, holler at us, and I'll send it right out to you. Um, Anthony, anything else? Yeah, real quick, we are going to do uh, – this is a recruiting conference, so if you're already contracted with us, this isn't for you. Uh, but we're doing a recruiting conference in Las Vegas. Uh, we're going to have some great speakers uh, that are going to show you some systems that could help you uh, build your business, and I'm going to be speaking there about our radio marketing program. So that is going to be on May 20th and May 21st. So you fly in on Thursday, you have dinner with us. Uh, we uh, have our conference from uh, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. on Friday, and then if you so wish, you can fly right out. So uh, quick and sweet, lots of great information. 
and you get to find out how you can work with us through radio marketing. Uh, contact uh, the marketer, whoever sent you uh, the open mic notes today, and they will be glad to uh, show you how you could uh, potentially attend that. It is based on qualification, all expenses paid. So hope to see some of you there. Good, thanks. Uh, David, anything else? No, oh, good, Bill. Okay. Hey, thanks, everybody, for being on, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Annuity Agents Podcast with Bill Broach and Anthony Owen. Check back each week for a new episode. For more information on how Annuity Agents Alliance will help you build your annuity business, go to annuityagentsalliance.com or call 888-742-4368. If you like the show, please leave your rating and review on the podcast channel where you found the show. The information and opinions expressed here from third parties or guests are believed to be reliable, but the information cannot be verified or guaranteed by Annuity Agents Alliance. The opinions of guests do not necessarily represent the opinions of Annuity Agents Alliance or its partners. The prior information does not represent tax, legal, or investment advice and is for licensed financial professional use only.